Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am here with my co-host, Vincent M. Wales. Vin, say hello. Hello. And we are also here with Victoria Giganti, who is going to teach us about daily practices for self-care. Now, this is something that, well, Vin and I aren't really familiar with. So, Victoria, can you explain, well, what that is? And let's go ahead and take it away from there. Sure. Uh, well, thank you for having me on the show. Basically, a daily practice is taking time for yourself every day to check in and reflect on how you're feeling and how things are going. And that's really a very simplified version of what it is, but that's the core of what it is. So when you hear the word daily practice, a lot of times people think like maybe a yoga practice or something like that, like meditation. The way I work with the word is a daily practice is sometime every day for yourself. And it's non-negotiable. There are no rules about how long that period of time has to be or what it looks like, but you do it every day and it's just for you. Would this be like mindfulness? Could could mindfulness fit into this? Okay. I, I'm familiar with that. Now, that's the first thing yes. that popped into yeah. my head. <laughs> Okay, so, so basically the point of it is that most people go around and they know something's off. So I have a lot of clients that'll come to me and they'll, they'll say, you know, I feel stuck. Or they'll say, you know, I'm really unhappy at work or I'm really unhappy with, you know, my weight or whatever it is. I have anxiety. Um, but they don't really ever take a moment to check in and figure out what's really going on. They just go through their day and go through their day and these things build up. So a daily practice is really just committing to yourself that every day for at least a minute, you're going to sit down and check in with yourself. So how does that look? Well, for some people, it could be doing a yoga practice where they're getting into their body and they're feeling their body. For other people, it could be journaling. It could be meditation. It could be taking a deep breath the first thing you, like right when you get up in the morning and asking yourself, how do I feel right now? How does my body feel? How do I feel emotionally? Most people, when I give them this assignment as, as my client, they can't do it. They can't find even three minutes to commit to self-care of asking themselves, hey, how are you doing? How do you feel? Which is very telling because if you can't do that, well, then that's huge for the rest of your self-care practice, right? I mean, that's just three minutes for yourself. Well, Victoria, let me ask you, why, why do you think it is that they don't, are, they're not able to find that three minutes? Is this because they just feel that their lives are too busy to fit it in? Or is there something beyond that? Are they too self-conscious about it to do it, maybe? Or is it guilt? Do they well, feel guilty for taking time for themselves? There's that too, yeah. Yeah, so it's really interesting because um, the reason, it doesn't matter what somebody presents to me with as the issue that they're, they're seeking my help as a, as a counselor. I always start with this exercise for them because it's the first week of them like doing it or not doing it is really revealing. Over time, a daily practice becomes like a reflection of your life. It's a microcosm of your life. So... If someone can't find three minutes for themselves, that itself is huge in revealing what's going on in the greater picture. Usually, it's they don't make themselves a priority. 
they are committing themselves to way too many things. There's a variety of reasons, a variety of things that can come up. But but whatever that reason is, they just forget. I mean, that's a big one, actually. Some people literally just forget to take a deep breath. In your professional opinion, why is this so important? I mean, does this matter? Why does it matter? If you can't take a few minutes each day to check in with yourself, it's really difficult to focus on other things. So, for example, someone comes to me and they say, they say, I'm really unhappy at work, or I really want to lose weight. And I say, okay, that's great, but we're going to start with the daily practice. Most of the time, whatever they're presenting is a symptom. And usually, there's a, there's a pattern in their life. So, if they're telling me that they are struggling with boundaries at work, there's a really good chance they're probably struggling with boundaries in other parts of their life. And those are just symptoms. There's something else going on. So if I can get them to just sit for a few minutes each day, first of all, that's teaching them boundaries, right? They're, they're learning to make themselves a priority, which is something a lot of people don't do. It's also telling them, teaching them to slow down, to take a deep breath, to check in on a very fundamental level to get back in tune with your body, which whether you're from an Eastern perspective or a Western perspective, you know that being in tune with your physical body is part of your foundation. It's part of your basic needs. And most people can't even take that time to get in tune with that. So how are they going to have clarity about what they're really feeling and what's, what they really want? So a tackling, a tackling some of these other issues like, oh, I'm unhappy at work or, oh, I'm unhappy in my relationship, yes, that's important, but let's get some more clarity. And that clarity, at least in my experience, starts by you getting back in tune with yourself by making you a priority, by you taking a deep breath, by you checking in. So once you can start to get that that daily practice in, though, once you start to make yourself a priority, you'd be amazed what happens because, again, the daily practice becomes a reflection. So you've taught yourself to create this boundary. You've taught yourself, hey, every day I'm going to say I need this daily practice this time to myself. Well, once you start to do that every day, you start to gain the confidence to do that in other parts of your life. And you start to be more in tune. And then it becomes consistent. So you start to have this consistent baseline where you're doing the same thing every day. And then all of a sudden, one day, maybe you feel like doing something different. Or you feel like you want to sit in meditation longer or journal for a little bit longer. Or something else becomes revealed. You feel something different in your body because you're checking in every day. And now, so even through the consistency of the practice itself, you just learn more about yourself, which then helps you learn more about what you're trying to create or what you're really feeling or what's really bothering you. It serves as the foundation. Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. Now, we want to learn about you a little bit after the break, but for right now, we're going to go ahead and step away. So we will be right back and we're going to learn how you discovered this and, and how it relates to your life. Sound good? Sounds good. Excellent. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face -face session. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central. Welcome back. We're here with Victoria Giganti, and we are talking about her daily practice. And Victoria, I've been reading on your webpage about 
your past here, what your life was like before you got into this entire field. And it looks like you had what most people would consider to be the perfect life. But now it's very, very different. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, well, yes, I was I was married. Um, I was a lieutenant in the Navy. I was the director of an academic counseling center. I was enrolled in a PhD program at an Ivy League school. I was living in New York, making a lot of money. Uh, so yeah, I had the picture perfect life, but uh, what people didn't realize was that on the inside, I was definitely uh, crumbling. Um, I felt dead inside. I couldn't feel really anything, but really I could. I mean, I felt a lot of pain, but I, I felt dead inside, and I'm sure a lot of people can understand what I mean by that. And physically, my body was deteriorating. Um, I was sick all the time. So yeah, my life just looked very different. One of the things that, I don't mean to interrupt, but one of the things that struck me on your website is you said the things that sort of a lot of people say, uh, just filling in their, their own possessions and achievement. You said, I had two Russian blue cats, a top-of-the-line KitchenAid mixer, and a, a dark blue Toyota Prius. To the outside world, you had a picture-perfect life, but inside you were you were miserable. You actually felt stuck in your job rather than you had a great job. You were uninspired in your PhD program rather than it something to be proud of. And you, you felt trapped. And the exact word that you use is that you felt like a fraud. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I just, because I wasn't connecting with anything I was doing. I was doing it because I felt like it's what I should do because it was the next logical step, you know, but I wasn't connecting. I wasn't engaged. I wasn't enthusiastic, nothing. It didn't feel like a life that I wanted. It just, just I felt like it was kind of pushed on onto me. And, you know, I did what everybody at that age, I guess, or what you think you're supposed to do, you know, you get a mortgage, you get married, you have these beautiful cats, you get the KitchenAid mixer at your engagement party, and you make cakes for sweet 16. I, I don't know, you, you just, you, you do these things, you just go through life doing these things that you're, that you think you're supposed to do, and you never take a minute to step back and ask, is this even what I want? Is there another way? You followed the and, plan. Um, you did everything right. Where's I the did, happiness, yeah. right? And exactly. Exactly. And in fact, um, I just kept getting physically thicker and thicker and thicker. And I think that, that well, I know that that was kind of the, the biggest red flag for me, um, was that I was sick all the time. What was the breaking point? When, when did things snap in your head that you knew a change was coming? So this will tie into the daily practice thing. So I, I decided that I wanted to get into yoga and go through a yoga teacher training program. And one of the things that they had me do was develop a daily practice. Now, for them, it was very different definition. It was a very, very straightforward. It was like, you need to develop a daily yoga practice. Through that process, though, I really started to get into my body. And I think that was one of the little openings, I think there were little openings all along the way, going through my um, my double masters at Columbia, like the psychology program, like all the reflection there, I'm spending just a lot of time on my own, going on walks, runs. I think there were a lot of little breakthroughs, but the final straw was when I, so I knew something was wrong, but the final straw was when I went to the doctor and I was 27 and I was diagnosed with osteoporosis. That was the final straw for me because wow. I was destroying my body. I was yeah, destroying my body. I mean, there's a lot to the story, of course, <laughs> but that was the final straw. Was it was kind of like a like if you keep going down this path, like you're physically 
I think your body is a reflection of your emotional state. The way you describe your physical body is often exactly how you would describe your emotions. So if I were to describe my body back then, this is what I would have said to you. Uh, my body's crumbling. It, it can't support itself. It's unsupported. It's like I'm, I'm out of touch with it. I was having a really difficult time breathing. I was having a really difficult time um, with this, these terrible headaches and, and eye pain because I didn't want to see what was going on in my life. It was just such a reflection. And that diagnosis of, hey, you have osteoporosis at, at 27 years old was kind of like, wow. It like just I you right up. It yeah. It was kind of a choose yourself or lose yourself moment. I knew in that moment, it, you know, you're either going to keep on this path and completely turn yeah. to dust, I guess. We're or, glad you chose yourself. If we can yeah. pull this back around to daily practice, because, th- I mean, this is incredible. And I, I, I know that your story is, is fantastic. And, and we could do a whole show just on that. And we're really glad that you're here, <laughs> okay. of course. But what is the first step towards developing a daily practice? Because it really sounds like you credit creating a daily practice with restoring your life. Yeah. Yeah. So how does somebody so, else do it? For me, when I decided that I was going to change my life, the daily practice became, okay, every morning you need to wake up and you need to check in. You need to sit on your yoga mat and you need to ask yourself, how do you feel? How does your body feel? How do you emotionally feel? And you need to answer that. And, and, and there's no rule. There's no rule to how long it needs to be because that was a big thing for me. Like, oh, I'll do this yoga practice every day, but now it's got to be 45 minutes and I have to do this and this. It became very rigid. Same with running. Everything became very rigid. So no rules. The only rule of a daily practice is you have to do it every day. So how can people start? Just start. No rules. The only thing that has to happen is that every day you have to step on your mat or, or open up your journal and just breathe. It can be one minute, it could be ten minutes, it can be three hours. But check in and do it every day. So that's that's how someone can start. Think about when you start a journal. How many times do people start a journal and they start with a black pen in, you know, script handwriting? And then before you and like they write a yes. page and before you know yes. it they're like, I don't even want a journal anymore because I don't have the black pen or I, I can't write a whole page. It's like, wow, these rules they, we, we, we become our own worst enemies. So no rules. The only thing is you have to do it every day. So that's how someone can start. And before you know it, you're a different person. <laughs> yes. It's the first step towards building a foundation and connection with you. That's what a daily practice becomes. That's great. We have, we have just enough time to answer one final question real quick. What's the value of maintaining daily practice for the long term. I mean, both the long term and the short term. For the long term, it's the consistency. Okay, so just to use the yoga reference because it's pretty straightforward. If you got on your mat every single day for a year, and you know you, you tend to get in these cycles where, like, you do these certain stretches and you feel your body, you become very familiar with your body. Well, there'll be one day where all of a sudden you feel like doing something different. You just do. Your body does something different or it stretches a little further or you or you reach back and you something changes. And it's through that consistency that you gain understanding. Well, what changed? Why why do I feel more open? Like what what did I do differently? Short or long term. Daily practice teaches you consistency, commitment, you get to know yourself better, 
And again, it serves as a foundation. You can do it anywhere. So when life becomes crazy, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're on a vacation, if you're in your kitchen, if you're staying at a friend's house, camping, whatever. You can do your daily practice no matter where you are. So it becomes the anchor in a world that feels chaotic. Oh, Victoria, thank you so much. That that's a that's a great ending. We really appreciate having you on the show. You were fantastic. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. I appreciate uh I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you, Victoria, for being on the show, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Remember, you can receive convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere by going to BetterHelp.com. That's our show, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. PsychCentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.